Good evening and welcome to Boo Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Halcula, and with me here today is Mr. Boomerson. I have no words. That was genuinely a great intro. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's the Halloween season. It's only October. Well, actually, it's not. We're recording this still in September, technically. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll be October. In in my mind, it's been October for like the past 15 days. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Because we've been watching uh, some horror films recently. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Uh, Something just possessed me to start watching early, I guess. Uh, Well, hey, speaking of possession, Bamison, talk to me about Talk to Me. This is a movie you wanted to talk about Uh I forgot to take notes when uh, watching it, so please, you start things off with Talk To Me. All right, well, (laughs) Talk To Me was directed by the guys behind uh, Raka Raka, uh, the YouTube channel. I used to to watch them when I was a kid. Like, I remember seeing the Ronald McDonald videos they used to make, and they used to scare the shit out of me because they were (laughs) really fucking gory. Mm. Like... Like even even for today's YouTube, their their stuff is still kind of shocking. <laughs> mm, yeah, and, I mean, you could get away with a lot back in the day on YouTube. It feels like. I mean, yeah, um, but like not so much now because we're 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 kind of past the wild wild west era of the internet. Yeah, but like still, <laughs> the it was <laughs> no, it was, it was, it, was ex- sure. it was excessive even then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Talk to Me was their feature film debut and it got a lot of hype during Sundance and I heard about it when I, I heard about it on Instagram and I was just like, ooh, okay, I'm interested. And I saw the film during the summer and I was just, I was, I was thrilled by it. Like, it's nothing like groundbreaking like hereditary or anything like that but it's it's a fun halloween treat in my opinion treat trick or treat yes yeah yeah so you obviously liked it a lot more than i did Um, oh yeah (laughs) i was i was i was honestly on board with it for like the first half i was like yeah this is good i like what this is doing i think it the idea is kind of clever um i even like some of the like some of the metaphors and subtleties it's going with this concept and uh how how it's because i i mean i don't know if this is much of a spoiler but i feel like the whole possession thing i kind of view it as like kind of a allegory or symbolism it it has a lot of symbolism towards like drug abuse and stuff like that like how these dumbass kids are like at these parties and they're just doing this shit they're like drinking and and smoking and shit and they're like yeah why don't we get the involved hand out (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's very reminiscent of like drug abuse. I felt I thought that was kind of clever. Um, and then the second half happened. I don't even know if really the second half. I feel like just it gradually got to a point where I'm like, oh, this isn't impressive anymore. Because in a way, I felt like the movie took itself a little too seriously. When I feel like it could have been a lot better if it didn't because like i don't know it's just such a goofy concept when you get down to it like these are teenagers 
who are essentially possessing themselves voluntarily to fuck around and post on social media. Like, that's kind of a goofy concept, yeah. really. But then, like, the second half, it's just like, oh, our friend is... Our, our friend, my brother, he's, he's been possessed and, like, he's killing himself every time he gets a chance because the spirits who've infected him, they're making him kill himself. And, oh, my dead mother's telling me he needs to kill himself. It's just like, uh, huh. Okay. Yeah, some of the metaphors are kind of rushed. Like, I think the one that could have used a little bit more development was the kangaroo in the beginning. Like, yeah, I know that they're trying to draw some sort of parallel between the kangaroo and Riley because they make the same like language of the you got to put him out of its misery or some shit. And yes, I think they could have, I don't know, developed on it a bit more because they tried kind of the the whole thing with the deer from Get Out, but they didn't really like mm. develop on it as much as Get Out did. Yeah, I feel like I when, like when the kangaroo scene started and she's just like, I can't do it. I can't put him out of its misery. I'm like, oh, OK, that's going to come back in some way. And it comes back in that she doesn't kill Riley, but like she's reminded of like the kangaroo because the kangaroo spirit, like she sees the kangaroo spirit hopping around, which begs the question, OK, so literally anything can die and it can be a spirit and be possessed because that's kind of, i don't know it opens up a whole can of worms that we don't have to go into but it just felt weird seeing a kangaroo spirit hopping around you're just like it might uh, just it might just be metaphorical but like, yeah take, take it but then at that you... point yeah no that's true it's like it, it it can be one way or the other but at the same time no matter what it's just raising a lot of questions that i'm just like i don't really feel like wanting to know the answer to this like it just seems weird yeah i think one of the things that also really holds the film back is like you said in the second half um mia's decision making in the second half of the movie is really questionable like so here's my thing is like i really don't like these characters like my my favorite character is riley you know, yeah. because he's like the only character who's not a piece of shit. And of course, he's the one who gets possessed and like you don't see him for like the second half of the movie, except for him being possessed. I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's like, OK, I get it. Like these are dumb kids. They're dumb teenagers. They're uh, like irresponsibly using this embalmed hand to possess themselves and like fuck with the spirits. Like, of course, they're these shitty kids. I get it. But, like, we spend a lot of time with them, and that really that really starts to annoy me when these intentionally shitty characters are the main focus, and it, it feels like the movie, like, wants us to feel sympathy for them at times, and I don't, which is, I'm glad, like, I'm kind of glad that, like, the movie has some semblance of self-awareness with these characters, but at the same time, I don't feel like it does you know like it's yeah you know what i'm trying to say like like obviously mia is the main character and th th there's like that one scene where like she goes to see riley and the mother is like super upset at her rightfully so but like the, the movie treats that scene as like oh if only she knew that it wasn't mia's fault and i'm thinking in my head no wait a minute it is mia's fault because she's the one who didn't stop who did who 
actively said, don't stop the possession yet. Because remember, like, there's that rule, like, oh, it can only be 90 seconds. Or yeah, else and it starts since to Riley's younger, they only had to go for, like, 60 seconds. Yeah, I guess. I I mean, again, they don't... I th- There's no, like, set-in-stone rules. I mean, they claim there is, but they don't really flesh those out in any way. I, I don't know. Whatever. Bullshit logic, whatever. Well, the rules, um, the rules yeah, themselves no, were... Oh, sorry, go ahead. But no, I'm just saying, like, I, it just... It felt it felt weird that the movie wanted us to sympathize with Mia when in reality this was one hundred percent her fault. Um, and even if you want to make the argument that honestly, I also think it's partially Jade's fault because she's just like Mia, this is all your fault, and you're just like, well, you are the one who initiated the party at your own house. And you're dealing with spirits like it's again, it's hard to sympathize with these characters, every yeah. single one of them. I really don't feel bad for what happens to them. Yeah, like I think it's it's not the rules that are the problem because the rules are pretty solid and they keep follow and they keep um they keep they keep them consistent. It's just the character's decision making that's really questionable, like. Yeah, like I get that Mia misses her dead her mother, uh, but mm. I don't understand why she would blatantly disregard the rules, especially since that would mean putting her basically her family in danger. Yeah, well, even then, it's just like it, her whole dead mother aspect isn't really explained very well. So. Obviously, at the beginning, when it's like established, she has a dead mother. I thought, oh, and this thing possesses spirits. At some point, she's going to see her. And then, obviously, the scene with Riley where he's just like, oh, should I? And she's just like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, where is this going? And then it's like, oh, her, she's he's possessed by her mother. But then, yeah, like, I, I understand, like, maybe the movie's going with, oh, she misses her mother so severely that you know she wouldn't re- she wouldn't think of Riley's uh situation at that moment she'd be so obsessed with wanting to see her mother again yeah but i would feel more i would sympathize more with that if i understood her relationship with her mother a little more but the movie doesn't really do that very well because I mean, yes, there's that one scene where she's like flipping through her phone and she sees old videos of her with her mother and they're like all happy dappy and all that. But like, again, like the way her mother died is never really explained that well. Like it's implied she killed herself, but then the spirit keeps saying, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't I didn't want to leave you. Well, but then the father has that letter, but then the spirit says he's lying. And then the, the father is a spirit. But the mother is also it, it keeps going back and forth and it's never truly like made it, it's never made simplistic enough that we can sympathize with this character because like and maybe the movie's going with like, oh, it's intentionally vague. But even then, it doesn't do a good job at establishing this in an intentionally vague way, you know, like it it doesn't work no matter what. There, there's the thing though with uh, her seeing her with the with the spirit of her mother, well, and the suicide note that contradict each other. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically that these uh, the teens are being haunted by this one spirit that is, um, that is like blatantly manipulating them, particularly Mia, and that spirit would take uh, the form of her mom. 
Okay, so it's not actually her mom. It's okay. not her mom, because uh, the spirits that would find the hand are in, like, this purgatory thing. And it's implied right. that her mom isn't in this purgatory. Okay. So was it one spirit, or was it, like, a whole group of spirits? Because there's that one scene where she sees Riley getting ripped apart by, like, what I can only describe as it reminded me of like the rich sex cult from society where just a bunch of weird old gross people are just like tearing away at this little boy. Yeah. I, it, but, it, but it's just one spirit that's fucking with them, right? It's the one spirit that's kind of like a repre- – I don't know, like a representative of the others because they want Riley. So they use this one spirit to specifically manipulate Mia. Okay. Huh. Even I don't then, know if even that's then, because that's I'm ca- stupid because I didn't pick up on that. Even like, then, it's again. still kind of loose because a lot of that information is like kind of, but not really implied. So you just kind of right. have to make your own interpretation on whether or not she was actually being manipulated by her mom's spirit or not. Yeah, but again. Even if it's trying to be vague, I don't really feel like it's doing a particularly good job at even being vague. Like, it just feels kind of like, oh, you figure it out. But in a way that I can't, like, the movie just doesn't do a good job at establishing this. So I can't figure it out for myself. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between, like, something being intentionally vague and open-ended and just straight up not telling the audience something like there's a very there's a very clear difference between those two things yeah um that's that's one thing that the movie could have benefited from is it could have been like it's an hour and a half it could have been a bit longer i guess like so we can kind of ex i don't know not explain but like shed a bit more light on what this is uh, this is all about I mean, I'm not entirely against the idea of it being 95 minutes. Like, I'm not I'm not opposed to longer movies or shorter movies. Like, length in movies doesn't matter to me. What matters is what fills up that time. And I don't really feel like going longer would have benefited the movie. If anything, it would have made it a lot more stretched out. Because even then, I felt like it was kind of stretching this concept a bit thin. If anything... I feel like it should have focused on like a specific aspect of the story. Like I really feel like if the movie was just like kind of a bottle movie where it's just a party and all these characters are there like fucking with this hand and that's the movie, I'm fine with that. Like if they just stuck to that one concept, like that could have been an entire movie of just these teenagers fucking with these spirits. But like Again, like again, like that was the part of the movie I actually really liked was whenever they were doing that. But then again, in the second half, the movie kind of throws that concept away. And now it's like this drama amongst these teenagers trying to help their friend like and they're going all they're going from location to location. And it's just not as entertaining anymore because the one concept I actually liked is not being explored anymore. Yeah, I hope that if this movie gets it's pretty much confirmed that there's like a prequel in the works and a sequel. I noticed that. Yeah. (laughs) So hopefully they explore that a little bit more in the prequels or the sequels, or hopefully this doesn't turn into a saw or there's like 10 of them. I mean, 
I don't really know what else you can explore. I feel like the movie kind of wraps up. I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of where this movie goes, but at the same time, like at least the ending kind of wraps it up in a way that makes sense so that really realistically a sequel wouldn't really make any sense. Now, first of all, a prequel makes even less sense. I saw that. It's like about like the kid who actually like stabs himself in the for unlike the first five minutes. First of all, yeah, the first like shot of the movie where it's like that one take through that party. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Like that was really interesting. It kind of got you like hooked at like, oh, where's this going to go? Um, but like, I don't need that explored because like apparently like that's the plan is like, oh, we're going to find out what happened to these brothers. It's like, I know what happened to these brothers. One of them kills himself. The other one gets rid of the hand. Like, I <laughs> I don't need to explore any more than that. That seems pretty self-explanatory and all wrapped up, but yeah, whatever. As uh, far as a sequel would go, I don't know. I guess it would have to be, like, completely different characters, but, like... I don't see I, them, like, again, bringing I, I Mia know. back at all. Like, no. Yeah, no, because, again, like, her story wraps up a little forced, but at the same time, it makes sense. Like, oh, when she, like, so she ends up killing herself because she doesn't want to kill Riley and that somehow frees Riley from the spirits or something. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I don't actually know if they, if they actually solve that or what, but it, what, but then she's like uh, dead. She's like walking around and then like everything becomes dark. And then she sees like a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, at like I was like, Oh sweet. So now she's going to become a spirit. But then the movie kind of like stretches that out with her having her like walk slowly up to the light. She extends her hand and it's like, yeah, guys, I get it. I know where this is going. And then she grabs the hand and now she's a spirit that's being contacted by people who are fucking with the hand. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense for this ending. Like trim that a bit because, again, I was able to figure that out. But I guess they assumed people wouldn't figure that out. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like a pretentious film nut here who has seen movies and is just like i could have figured it out it's i'm just saying like oh, that could have been ending coming <laughs> yeah well i did like I, I i'm not trying to act like a snob here but i kind of am but like yeah no there was not a twist in this movie that i did not see coming like yeah. i said the the mom spirit her seeing her mom's spirit uh the whole fact that now she's a spirit at the very end but even then, the twists that I didn't see coming, I can't really say are good twists. Like how the uh, when her dad's like knocking at the door and her mom's spirit's like, that's not your dad. Which, by the way, so if it's not her dad, if that's not her mom, why is she messing with her by making her see her dad as a spirit? Like, what sense does that make then? Like, if it was her mom, like warning her, that makes sense. But you said that wasn't her mom but that's also not her dad so what is the spirit's end game here like i just realized that like wait a minute wait that doesn't make any sense <laughs> well they just kind of like i think the best explanation is that they're just kind of they're just kind of fucking with her i guess they they kind of <laughs> want her to fuck they want to fuck with her to the point where she like i don't know kills herself or kills riley they want to drive her insane that's the end game I guess I don't know. Seems like kind of a weird end game, but I, I guess it's scary. I, I didn't find it particularly scary, but mm. I, I, whatever. I, I clearly this movie just 
has things I like about it, but I can't really say I fell in love with it. I will admit, um, unlike something like Bodies, 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 which like incorporates a lot of modern slang and like phones and uh, like Gen Z culture, I think this movie did that a lot better than something like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, yeah. Because like, like, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, this is probably one of the few times, like, a movie incorporating Gen Z culture didn't make me cringe. Like, you know, I see these kids, they're on their phones, they're on Snapchat, like, Riley's watching a KSI video at some point. Like, I don't know, I was never cringing out of my head like I would normally do when something like this would show up in a movie. I was just like, it feels natural, which I think that's a testament to the fact that the directors themselves are YouTubers. So like they know this kind of stuff a little better than say some idiot Hollywood director. Like, like they actually understand the culture a little better. Yeah. I'm not saying I still love seeing this in movies, but like, again, I was not annoyed by it. So I commend the movie on that. Good, yeah. good job. I think the be- I think the best thing about the movie that really makes me like it so much is the technical aspects of it. Like that I can agree with the camera work. Yeah. When the the camera work. Yeah. When the spirits like possess them and it gets a little like Sam Raimi esque like Mm. that. I like that. I really like. Yeah. Or the I love that. I love the shot of like whenever like someone gets possessed, like the camera kind of like tilts with their head like turning back like that looks really cool. I like that. Yeah. I also like the there was this one shot where uh Jade's boyfriend was staying at Mia's place and they're sleeping in bed and uh, Mia has like a dream and she like walks off of the bed in like this really mm. trippy way. And yeah. And I was just like, no. okay, that was really cool. That was really cool. You're right. No, I love that shot. That was a great shot. I remember that. That I was like, when I was watching it, I'm just like, whoa, that was cool. Um, yeah, no, that was really, that was a really cool shot. Um mm. Um, and then, yeah, no, then, then like a lot of the gore, like I like some of the designs of the, the spirits. Like there's that one, like there's the first one when like she sees like the old man and then she sees like that fat bloated woman with like the oh, yeah. eyes sticking out. Like that's a really cool spirit. Like you could have done a little more with like the design of the spirits even like just like different people who died in different ways. Like I think that's a really neat idea like a burn victim ghost or like a burn victim ghost like somebody who's like has a has like a rope tied around their neck or like or like has like a belt tied around their neck and their pants down like that's you could you could you could have fun with like the different kinds of spirits honestly or have an elvis ghost where he's (laughs) (laughs) you could have an elvis ghost you can have like an elvis impersonator ghost (laughs) That imagine again, like that's imagine being no, possessed by Elvis. That that would be really fun. That that like again like this sounds like a really cool idea for like again if it was just those teenagers like fucking around with this hand at a party and that was the movie. Honestly, you could do a lot with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. But again, we it chose to focus more on like these characters and the effects of the uh, hand, which fine. But like I don't know make these characters a little better i would say like maybe a little less shitty then you know like a little 
smarter. I, I don't know. Like either go either way with it. I I feel like there's there's something in there that could have made this a little better. But yeah, clearly I'm in the minority it. because a lot of people really like this movie. So it's just it's just a me thing, yeah. obviously. The characterization definitely could have used a lot of work, but everything, mostly everything around the movie mostly works for me. Sure. Yeah, like, no, I, I agree. I think a lot of the technical aspects are very cool. Like, I think um, I, I will never get the shot where uh, Riley's trying to get his own eye out and he's like banging his head on the <laughs> on the fireplace of the table like i will i yeah, will never cool. get that out of my head that was really effective because especially yeah, since yeah. i hate like eye shit yeah that makes sense yeah even then like to bring that up like the the acting from the kids like these are all relatively younger actors like they were really good i yeah. actually thought the kid who played riley was really good and did a lot like a lot of it was done in makeup but like even his performance of being this like vegetable was like really convincing yeah um the makeup itself was also really good oh yeah yeah you you really looked like he bashed his face in (laughs) (laughs) it's very convincing yeah that regard uh i i hope i see sophie wilde in more stuff after this that would be interesting yeah i'd like to see her in more stuff yeah i'd like to see these actors try something like beyond this i don't i don't want to like even though i didn't like the movie i don't want to like tell people like oh you shouldn't act like i think these people like i want to see that riley kid and more stuff i think yeah, he me could too. be really cool um i know like, that yeah the actor the actress actor and she's they're they're non-binary so i don't know if to go with actress or actor oh yeah uh i forget their name but like uh, yeah they, they they and the like the big dude like they're the ones who are like controlling the parties yeah um the actor who plays Haley, um they're Haley, gonna be in, Haley they're gonna Joss. be in the, i believe they're gonna be in the thunderbolts which on um, oof <laughs> what the fuck is the thunderbolts some sort of thun uh some sort of marvel thing oh it's that one with like um it's like the it's like the one with uh Florence Pugh and Harrison Ford. Oh, it's it's the lame Avengers. It's that the, movie. Yeah, it's the lame Avengers. <laughs> apparently, she, apparently they're going to be in it. Whoa. So. Great. Moving up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'm sure Marvel will do just fine with it. After all, phase four was. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well. Oh, well, at least they were in Talk to Me. So they, yeah. they were in something that people liked. That's good. <laughs> and they're good. And they're, yeah, good no, I, they're a good actor. Yeah, I, actor. yeah I'd, I'd like to see more of these actors and stuff. I mean, uh, the mother was played by Miranda Otto, who was in um, Lord of the Rings, right? The, yeah, Lord of the Rings. That, so that was really cool. She was also in Annabelle Creation and The I best Annabelle movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, oh right that was the one with david f sandberg as the director that's right yeah i remember that uh hmm. <laughs> well she was in talk to me talk to me was was, was good yeah better better what well, wasn't great but it was better than the other movies she's been in yeah besides <laughs> lord of the rings um that was the point i was trying to make okay um yeah is there anything else you have to say about talk to me um not really no Okay. Well, you know what? I'm glad I watched it, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I'm glad I was able to watch it. Um, 
It was not the worst A24 horror movie I've seen. I thought it was fine for what it was. I just wasn't that impressed by it. But I'm glad people are liking it. I'm curious to see what these directors do next. Uh, Apparently, it's all talk to me stuff, which... I probably won't see, but apparently they're doing a Street Fighter movie. That could I'm, be fun. It, I'm very interested in that because, like, if you look at their channel on Raka Raka, their fight choreography is like they do like fight choreography that's like really impressive. Yeah, so I would sooner see their Street Fighter movie over their Talk to Me prequels and sequels. So yeah. please make, make the Street Fighter movie first, please. <laughs> um, with the, hopefully, but... with the SAG AFTRA thing, hopefully they'll that'll happen soon. Yeah, hopefully. Um, But yeah, before we get into the next movie, um, let's tie it into the podcast. Bamison, do you want to own this in your collection someday? Maybe. Um, Okay. I saw a bundle that included like a replica of the hand, Mm. (laughs) which would be an interesting conversation starter. That sounds expensive. (laughs) Yeah, it (laughs) is. But I mean... I mean, hey, it's 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 a cool uh, prop from the movie. I'm sure A24 wants to sell the shit out of that. I, I know that they um, made the hand into like a party hand, like a bong or a candle. Oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But yeah, I don't think I want to add this to the collection. Would I ever see it again? I suppose, um, but not out of my own volition. I'm perfectly fine with leaving this at a once and done for now i wouldn't be opposed to seeing it again i just i just can't see it happening anytime near the future yeah i'll, I'll probably watch it every halloween from now on <laughs> that's cool yeah tradition uh well speaking of tradition uh there's a tradition that we hold up on this show where we talk about movies from my collection uh so let's get into the second movie of our uh episode that being the exorcist hey it's another possession movie it's like we did that on purpose or something hmm suspicious the shrexorcist the shrexorcist <laughs> but anyway so i'm glad we talked about talk to me um and i'm i'm glad we were able to talk about the we're, we're i'm glad that let me start over i'm glad we talked about talk to me um and I'm glad because of that, because then now we can talk about The Exorcist, which is another possession movie. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it right. But anyway, uh, for a couple of reasons, I want to talk about The Exorcist. One, it's in my collection. Two, it's very good. Three, William Friedkin, the director, passed away earlier this year. So I figured, hey, we might as well talk about it. Like, it makes the most sense. Also, there's a new yeah. Exorcist movie coming out. Directed I had no- by David Gordon Green. Ah, the guy who made the recent Halloween movie. The- oh. <laughs> yeah, I I did not have any plans to watch it. I, maybe apparently apparently the um the what was it, the test audience reaction was abysmal. Like yeah. really, really bad, which kind of fills me with some curiosity into wanting to watch it because it's like, oh, like normally like the worst movies get fine test audience reactions if this movie's getting a bad test audience reaction oh brother this is something i gotta see (laughs) 
So. I think I think what's also funny is that the movie was also supposed to come out on the 13th of October, mm. but because of the Taylor Swift concert film, the producers <laughs> moved it up a week. <laughs> I am not kidding. That was that's like Jason funny. Blum was Jason Blum put out a tweet that was just like, "All right, Taylor, you get 13 you get the 13th. We're going to move up a week." <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. Oh. Taylor Swift. But anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Taylor Swift. We're here to talk about a different monstrosity, that being The Exorcist. (laughs) Um, I'd rather be possessed than listen to her music. (laughs) Ooh, very true, very true. So, Bamison, we watched Exorcist. The Exorcist. Why don't you start things off? What did you think of The Exorcist? Um, This is my third time seeing it. Mm. I gotta be honest it's all right Hmm. it's um i think it's just kind of the hype around it that's kind of depleted my opinion of it because like you got all these people talking about the exorcist how it's like oh my god it's the scariest horror movie ever made or and to some degrees it's definitely it's definitely horrifying in some parts but like I don't think with time that it's gotten, I think because of time going by, it's gotten a lot less, I don't know, scary. Because mm-hmm. um, keep in mind, it came out in like the mid 70s and a lot of the stuff in the movie that was pr- really shocking. Like you'd never see a movie in the mainstream where a little girl like, fucks herself with a crucifix mm-hmm. like that is really shocking yeah you can see that on youtube now again like <laughs> to bring back the whole wild wild west era like things have changed since then like yeah absolutely um but continue um and i think the best aspects of the movie that work for me is when the demon is like playing these psychological tricks like when she would t- when uh, the demon would talk in Karis's in Damien's mother's voice, mm-hmm. like that shit. I really like, but it stops being scary when she starts roasting the priests and going like, "Your mother sucks cocks in hell," and yeah. starts turning into like this basically a cod lobby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one way of describing it. Um, yeah, no, I think if we want to. Uh, start there like yeah is this a very scary movie uh no um and i say that as somebody and again when i say this i'm not trying to be macho i don't get scared by movies anymore like when i think of movies that like terrify me like the most the average horror film does not scare me and like the movies that people say are like the scariest movies of all time they don't scare me like a movie like The Exorcist, like The Shining, like Alien, like these movies that terrified audiences for generations. I watch these movies and I'm like, I'm not scared by them. Like, so I, yeah, I agree. I was never scared by The Exorcist. Like, on a basic principle level, like, I think it's terrifying that a little girl is being possessed by a demon. Like, of course, on some, like, human level, that's scary. But I know it's a movie, so I'm never, like, fearing for the girl's life, 
you know because it's like i know it's an effect um yeah with that said i can't really say like the movie not being scary doesn't work for me now i was a little worried with it because when i first watched this movie i liked it but i didn't love it um so i was thinking like oh maybe it is one of those overrated uh movies out there but honestly watching it again i fucking love this movie i think it's amazing i like i don't think it's scary but i still think it's well done like it's a very well made movie and i just love everything it does um because like i feel like it's very purposeful in what it does um i think the best part of this movie overall is damien karras i really like his character and i think the whole relationship with the first half with him Mm -hmm. i love i really love yes so i also want to mention i watched the director's cut because that's the blu-ray i have is like this it's the steelbook of the director's cut so it was like much longer than the theatrical cut it's been a while since i've seen the theatrical cut because i'm pretty sure that was what i first watched i don't remember um but even still like i really love this director's cut like i love the slow build-up and i love like the little scenes like it adds because i feel like it kind of adds to the movie and i really feel like it's it's what friedkin wanted um i don't remember if it's what blatty wanted i think i heard somewhere that uh william peter blatty like did like the ending because the ending with uh oh what was it? it was like dyer and uh kinderman like you know that was not in the theatrical cut but that's in the um director's cut and like that was like the ending of the book so blatty preferred that um i i don't yeah. remember but in, in any case like i don't know i feel like yeah no to go off of what you're saying karis like yeah he's one of the best parts of the movie like i love his arc of like being this priest who's like losing his faith but like he's the one who has to perform the exorcist he has to perform the exorcism on this little girl like that's such a very interesting concept i think and i i love all the scenes of him just like questioning his faith like um a lot of it is done in yeah the guilt he feels of like losing his mom i love his dream sequence where he's like in new york and he sees his mom and she's like walking down the subway standing by the subway yeah and he's like trying to get to her it's it's very dreamlike i love that shit i love dream sequences that feel very dreamlike like in a way that seems like it would be a dream you would be having like i i I love that shit in movies and when the demon kind of like teases him about his mother about his mother like mm-hmm. uh the line that's like oh your mother's in here with us would you like to leave a message like yeah i love that shit that's yeah. really good it's very good very very good um yeah no i think it's a very interesting aspect uh seeing this character like kind of question his faith um i also really like father marin max von saito in this movie who I mean, yeah. we all know was 44 when this movie was made and he looks like he's 90 because the makeup is oh so good. Like, really? He was 40? Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, no, that's Max von Sydow. No, I didn't know that. So Max von Sydow, oh Max von Sydow was an actor. He died. He, he's dead now. Um, He died in like yeah, 2020. Um, but yeah, no, he was 44 during that during the filming of this movie they just covered him in all this makeup and he's like giving this like decrepit performance of being like this 90 year old like 
is like it's so it's like, cool whenever like these older movies have really convincing makeup like i always thought christopher lloyd really was an old man in back to the future but no like that's makeup and then marlon brando in the godfather that's makeup like he doesn't actually look like that um it's just it really impresses you when like these old this old makeup looks so convincing and it's not even just the makeup it's also the performance that the actors are given like and that's yeah. the thing max von saito is so convincing as like this old man and he really did look like that when he eventually became of that age like he looked yeah, like it's fucking weird yeah like, you compare you compare him to exorcist and like and then like star wars the force awakens they they look almost the same. Yeah, even though they're like 40 years apart. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool how like it it just looks so convincing. And But again, it's also the performance. Like he's walking around. He's like looks like he's struggling to keep up. Like there's that scene in the bathroom where he's like taking the pills and his like hand is shaking because he's like this decrepit old priest. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool. It's just it's just such a convincing performance. Linda Blair's performance is mm -hmm. definitely a highlight too. I, like I agree. Um, like that honestly goes without saying because like it's really, it must be really hard to direct a direct a child as well as be a child in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Like, especially since um, the whole movie is basically riding on her performance, and yes. I think she did a really good job with that. Yeah, very much so. When it comes to children in horror movies, I think she's up there as like one of my favorite like child performances in a horror film because like at first she's just a normal kid. Like I like the scenes when she's just normal Reagan, like talking with her mother, like because it seems very like happy and playful, but at the same time, like kind of real, like she genuinely feels like a real child talking with her mother, even though these are two actresses, but like. I think that kind of adds to the surprise when she does get like possessed during the movie. Like it's horrifying that this normal child is possessed by this horrible, horrible creature. Like it, it really rocks you to your core at that point. Um, yeah. But yeah. And then when she's actually possessed, she's really good. Like the facial expressions she uses, like even with all the makeup on her, she looks really convincing. And she's I only can't like twelve being, at the time. <laughs> like that's insane. I, I can't imagine being. I can't imagine being in that makeup for like hours. And apparently, yeah. like the conditions of the set were like really bad because like uh, they had to show like whenever they were in Reagan's room, they had the priests had like their breaths vis visible because of yes. the temperature. Yeah, and they actually had like the set really cold. So imagine just being in all that makeup. Yeah being in like this cold set strapped to a bed and you still give like a really really good performance like i i commend that yeah yeah no i agree she does a great job um yeah the performances are very good i did like ellen burston as chris i think she's like she really sells you on being this like terrified mother i mean that because her child is possessed but like we don't know this like we as an audience kind of pick up on it, but like, cause like the movie's called the exorcist. It's like, okay, something supernatural mm -hmm. has to be happening. Like, but like it's the movie does spend a lot, a long time with like the doctors and trying to figure it out. And I do think that like, I think in any other movie I'd be annoyed by this because it's like, okay, we know that it's a demon. Like we as an audience know this, 
it's just we're waiting for the characters to figure it out but the movie paces it like the audience has to figure it out but like i think what the movie is so clever with that is that it's these characters like at some point almost refusing to believe it's something as simple as a demon possessing this child like they're just like no that can't be it like it has to be psychological it has to be scientific there has to be an actual explanation as to why reagan's acting like this and so as they get more and more desperate then they're just like all right let's bring in the priests we're gonna have an exorcism like that's what like again that's why the exorcism isn't until like the last 30 minutes because the movie's not really about the exorcism it's about the build-up to the exorcism and that's why the movie is so slow and so methodical and how it establishes these characters and their problems um and i feel like even though it's a slowly paced movie i want to talk about the editing um because i think it's done beautifully in this movie because um so for example for example i have like an example of like a sequence i really want to talk about and that is when Father Karras is at the loony bin and he sees his mother there, um, right? You remember that scene? Like he he goes yeah. with like his uncle, yeah. So it's so Father Karras is like having a conversation with his mother, and she's clearly not doing very well, and he's clearly very upset by this. And then it hard cuts to his conversation with his uncle John, and he's asking him like, um, you know, why did you put her here? And the uncle says what you got the money for like the for like a private hospital like and then the movie hard cuts to the next scene of uh karis like punching the shit out of a shit out of a punching bag due to the frustration of having to deal with this and i feel like that one sequence kind of is what what the movie does very well it edits these three scenes together like like really within like realistically like within a 30 second window um, so even though it's a very slowly paced movie, the editing is a little fast like that because it really because ke- it really only shows you the scenes that you need to know. Like we show a scene of him talking with his mother, then it's his conversation with his uncle, then it's him like punching out his frustrations. It's delivered like very quickly, but effectively because you're only shown what you need to be shown. And I really feel like that Mm -hmm. enhances the characters and it enhances like the editing that the movie is given. Like it's, I I, I just love it. I love it. I I love how this movie is portrayed and executed. It's brilliant. Did the director's cut have the, I remember seeing the director's cut um, like a year ago, maybe, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember a lot of it other than like the spider walk that reagan does yes. down like the stairs it does have the spider walk where she like like walks down the stairs like she like walks on all fours backwards down the stairs and then just like pukes out blood out of her mouth it's very effective scene it's like oh yeah um oops <laughs> did, did the director's did the director's cut have like the flashes of the demon's face yes because it didn't have that in the theatrical cut did it not because like I feel like that, I that that I didn't see it. I feel like that demon face is very synonymous with the Exorcist. That I yeah, but huh. like I don't remember seeing it in. Maybe I blinked and I miss it because it, it's, it's literally a blink and you'll miss it. Yeah, thing. it is very quick. Like I had to rewind every time it, I saw it because I was just like, wait, I wasn't ready for it. Like. Yeah, there's that scene where, like, it just takes up the whole screen. There's that scene where, like, Chris is, like, walking through the kitchen and, like, it flashes, like, right next to her. But it's only, like, 
above like the oven or something like that but like you can see it like next to her face in that shot like it's very subtle but like oh it's it's brilliant nonetheless um and i feel like that face might have been scary to people in 1973 i think it's funny but like i still understand that it's a creepy looking face um yeah like it's it's i think I think scary is not the word I would use to getting back to like the starting argument of the of the exorcist, whether it being scary or not. I don't Mm. think it's scary. I think the word I prefer to use is shocking. It's sure I it's more more so shocking. And even then, I'd even say like creepy because like uh, it is a very creepy movie of having like these like the situation is not fun essentially um but yeah no oh, yeah like, it, it is shocking i think and i think it's very clever in what it wants to show in its shocking nature um like how uh well let's talk about burke how burke dies in the movie we never see his death scene um yeah he dies like, off screen he dies off screen i think partially because the real life actor did die during the production of the movie um yeah wasn't the production of this movie like cursed or some shit probably i know i know some other actor was like died before the movie even came out i think it was like karis's mother like her, the actress died before the movie even came out um i'm gonna look it up and then i know but and then i know that the actor who played burke did die like a week after he finished filming his scenes um so i don't remember i don't really know if he uh didn't film any more scenes because he died or if maybe he filmed everything and then he died. I don't know what the story is, but regardless, I feel like the movie delivers how we figure out he died very cleverly because you have Chris like driving home and you see like the uh, police and all these people like crowding around the bottom of the stairs and she pays no attention to it and she keeps going. And then like she goes up to Reagan's room, the windows open. It's like flow, like flowing all this cold air and she goes over, closes it. Reagan's like just lying down. She, she thinks nothing of it. And then, uh, then Chris goes downstairs. It's just like, where's Burke? And then her friend's just like, Burke's dead. And then, and then it really hits you. It's like, Oh shit. Like, fuck. (laughs) And then, and then Lieutenant Kinderman comes to see Karis and he delivers like, oh, you know, Burke fell down the stairs, but when they found him, his head was completely backwards on his body. It's just like, holy shit. Like, it doesn't show his head being completely backwards on his body. Like, like the way Kinderman describes it is enough because like and even the way it's shot, how he like twists his hand, you're just like, oh, it's like just the idea that the movie plants in your head of this very frightening death is enough to see very creepy very weird yeah um so so i pulled up like some of the list of like the production problems that mm-hmm. were happening during this movie <laughs> there were there were a ton of injuries uh linda blair fractured her lower back during the bed shaking scene and it caused her to develop like scoliosis yikes <laughs> uh do you remember the scene where uh reagan's mother gets like slapped across the room and she gets like yeah uh, by by reagan yeah and 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 then like the the cupboard starts like moving towards her and like falls on her or something yeah yeah uh when she when she gets knocked onto the ground by reagan uh she um what's the actress's name again ellen 
Ellen Burstyn, Burstyn right? is yeah, she plays Chris. Ellen Burstyn actually injured her injured her back too, and that's the take that they used in the film because <laughs> those screams were like genuine. Oh, movies are magical, aren't they, kids? <laughs> like Jesus, who wants to get injured? Who wants to get hurt on set? <laughs> Um, apparently the set, like, caught on fire as well. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, no, this sounds rough. Um, which, me, I mean, like, that just makes the final product all the more amazing. That, like, even through all these issues, the movie still ends up being great. Like, that just shows, that's just a testament to how good the actual movie is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Lieutenant Kinderman. I really like this character. I think he's kind of fun. Um, I like how he's, I relate to him because he likes movies a lot. Um, but I like how it's not just a one-off line, how he's like talking to Karis. He's like, oh, I like going to the movie theater. Uh, can is I? He the guy, is he the, that's the guy that um, talked to Karis while Karis was on like the courtyard, right? So, yeah, so Kinderman is the, uh, he's the lieutenant. He's the guy who's, like, investigating the death of Burke and, like, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, and he's later the main character in Exorcist 3. Yeah, he's later the main character in Exorcist 3, played by George George C. Scott, yes. Um, Yeah, no, I like his character a lot in this movie, how he's just, like, uh, kind of a movie geek. And I like how it's not... um, I, li- I like how the movie delivers that because like at first he's just like oh I really like movies I like going to the theater and you think it like oh it's in any other movie that's just a one-off line that doesn't mean anything but then in- later when he's talking to Chris who's an actress like her character is an actress he's just like kind of geeking out he's just like oh can I please have your autograph I love you in that one movie it's just like, like it- it- it's a it's an aspect to his character that I feel like humanizes him in a way that like yeah oh this guy isn't just a rough and tough like detective like he has a personality like he likes things that are not just like investigating this exorcism or like investigating this possession like he actually has a character out a life outside of him being a detective i i just like that i think that's very interesting yeah um so yeah i just i just wanted to shout out bill kinderman Very, very good character very fun character and also in Exorcist 3, but we don't have to talk about that for too long because we're still talking about the first Exorcist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a lot this... of really good atmosphere in this movie. Like the lighting is very good. The cinematography. The demon's voiced by a woman. The which... demon's voiced by a woman. Whoa. Yeah. That was really cool to hear. She she sounded like Gozer from Ghostbusters, except not as funny like it goes in ghostbusters is supposed to be funny this is supposed to be terrifying (laughs) um so yeah i think we should mention the very famous shot of uh the the most iconic shot in exorcist uh in the exorcist franchise maybe in all of horror maybe in all of cinema like one of the most famous shots and that's when marin first gets to the house and like the the like spotlight is like shining on him like you know what i mean like I mean, yeah, that's like the poster for crying out loud. It's the poster right? for crying out loud. It's the it's literally the cover of the Steelbook Blu-ray I have, except it's red instead of white. Like it's 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 so iconic because it's essentially the shot before the climax, before the actual exorcism. I mean, like I mean Shrek I mean Shrek fucking parodied it. Did it? Like, <laughs> Wait, which movie? Yeah, like 
It was um, it was in the like the Shrek Halloween special. This okay, is, that's where I got like the that's where I got like the Shrek pun. Okay, I you know what I was thinking of the Master of Disguise um, parody to that shot. Oh, <laughs> uh, just yeah, it's a, it's a very iconic shot to say the least. Yeah. Um, very cool shot. I I love it lots. It's a very good shot. Um. It goes hard. I'm going to frame it. Yeah, yeah. I probably would, unironically. It's that good. <laughs> um, Feel free to screenshot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess one thing I want to mention is when, you know, during the actual exorcism, when, like, the demon's, like, yelling at them, and she says, like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. According to Paper King, the TV cut says, your mother knits socks in hell, which... Uh, <laughs> oh, um, that's... That kind of makes it funnier. Like, is that an insult? Uh, like, <laughs> your mother knits socks in hell. Is is, is her? Is I his, mean, is his mother uh, Charlie's grandmother from Smiling Friends when she's in hell? <laughs> oh wait, she wasn't knitting. She just had a piece of hard candy. More for me. <laughs> uh, that that makes me think of um, you know, you know, Kingsman Golden Circle, right? I've. I, I know of it. I haven't seen it yet. I've only ever seen the first Kingsman. Sorry to like derail the conversation for no, a bit. Please but, like, go ahead. Um, so uh, I saw the movie in theaters when it came out and there was a scene in a bar where they were, they were meeting a bunch of like cowboys and a bunch of them were like surrounding them. And one of them said like, suck my Southern dick or some shit. Yeah. And, uh, a couple months later, I saw a copy of the movie on the plane on a plane mm-hmm. when I was going to visit some family, and um, I was just like, "All right, I might as well watch it again." And it got to the bar scene, and they censor they redubbed it, the <laughs> the scene. So instead of "suck my southern dick," it's "shine my southern shoes, you moron." I which. Just... <sighs> God, censoring is so embarrassing when it's that. I've stupid. had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's like you know what? I'd rather corrupt the child and just have them hear have them hear the f word. Like, really, what is the worst thing that could happen if a child hears the f word? I just uh, I mean, uh, the worst that could happen is that they start repeating it. But yeah. Oh well, Children. it's a word. Sure. Ugh, fuck's sake, MPAA. I hate them so much. <laughs> What we can show we can show whatever we want as long as we can show whatever we want as long as we don't say the f word or show any boobs. Yeah, we can have as much bloody gore as we want. <laughs> yeah, but the blood can't be too like it can't be too red. Like oh, but if it's green, it's all of a sudden good. It's just like ugh. if it has polka dots, it's yeah, a G film. <laughs> it's a G film. Ay ay ay, but. Uh, The Exorcist, yeah. Very good film. Very good horror film. Uh, very cold film. I mean, I love the actual exorcism where, like, the room generally looks like it's freezing in there. Because um, yeah. well, it was. Um, but even then, like, I just love the atmosphere of that. Just, like, it feels cold and isolating. Uh, there's this one shot where, like, Reagan does, like, this weird tongue thing. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah, where she... I, that was probably one of the parts I was freaked out the most, but also fascinated by the most because it looked it looked like an effect. But I'm just like, 
how did she do that? Like the tongue looked longer than what her actual tongue would have probably realistically been. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Like, how did they does do she have that? Like a ve- does, did they make like a prop tongue or does Linda Blair have like a venom tongue? I don't know. Like I, it just, it blew me away. I'm just like, Whoa, like what, what a shot. Like, th- I don't know. Like, that's the thing is like this, this movie just has, has so many impressive things about it that like, yeah, the, the, even the tongue, like her flipping her tongue was like impressing me. Like that's how impressive this movie is. Um, but yeah, no, it's, and uh, I, I don't know. Is there anything you have to say about like the actual exorcism itself? Uh, before we like talk about the actual ending uh i think just um like i said before i think where she starts roasting the priests mm. it just kind of stops being i don't know i stop being invested in the story and i start just enjoying the ride yeah exactly again like i said i've never found this movie particularly scary but I'm still impressed by, like, the filmmaking and, like, the actual story and the actual characters. Like, that's what impresses me about the movie. Um, yeah. And so then, yeah, when Father Karras, like, sacrifices himself, like, even though I don't think it's scary, I think it's satisfying. Because, like, he's being this selfless guy, like, whether he doesn't really know Reagan. Like, I don't, like, he never really knows Reagan, but, like, he's still willing to sacrifice himself, Um just to save her and so that's when he's just like you know take me instead the demon possesses him and that's when he jumps out the window falls down the huge flight of stairs that look like the joker stairs but uh, (laughs) but like he falls down the huge stairs and then he dies essentially well if you watch exorcist 3 technically he doesn't die but that's a whole other conversation um but within the context of this film he sacrifices himself for a noble cause and i feel like that is a great way to end his character arc of him like questioning his faith so it's just it just bookends itself very uh brilliantly in that case um yeah and then if we're going off the director's cut ending um so in the theatrical ending it just ends with um well in both ends his body does it really end with that? I thought I thought it ends with well, it ends with Reagan like it like saying she doesn't remember any of it, which uh, is oh, it- I thought like I know that in the director's cut they show like uh, Reagan like leaving yes the house right yes they do they do show that in the director's cut um, it's just the director's cut kind of keeps going after Reagan leaves because it shows Father Dyer and um, Kinderman like kind of talking to each other and like it kind of establishes their friendship and like to kind of show that like oh you know yes father Karras is gone and like this whole ordeal ended ended with bloodshed and like this little girl being traumatized and this family being traumatized forever now but like these two guys met each other and became long good good long friends like yeah, yeah like, and they're just like these two. They're going to the cinema. Yeah, they're going to go to the cinema. Movie. Like, yeah, no, that's a very nice ending. And again, because I really like Kinderman as a character, and D- Father Dyer, I think is pretty fun. Like, I, it's a very nice ending to a horrific uh, movie. So, like, I, I, I know people don't like that as an ending. They're just like, no, it needs to be miserable. But like, I don't know. I don't mind it. I think it's a very nice ending and I think it makes sense still within the context of the movie. Um, and it's the ending that William Peter Blatty and Friedkin like the most. And so 
you know, I tend to trust them more so with the Exorcist movies than John Borman, who made the second movie, <laughs> you know, Ooh. so... So why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about those? Um, well, one thing I just want to mention with The Exorcist is it was produced by Noel Marshall. You remember him? Uh, name doesn't ring a bell. Oh, well, if he doesn't ring a bell, uh, his movie does. He directed Roar. <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah. oh shit! The oh no, it all went wrong and Lions movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he produced the exorcist um that's why he Damn. had all that money was because he produced the exorcist and made a lot of money off of the exorcist so he was like oh now i'm gonna make my lion movie oh no my family's in danger <laughs> oh no i'm being mauled to death yeah <laughs> so i just i just wanted to mention that because like what i was watching when i when the credits started rolling and it said produced by noel marshall i was just like oh shit <laughs> right he did this so but yeah uh speaking of exorcist 2 i watched exorcists 2 and 3 and boy howdy they are they could not be more opposites of each other let me tell you when it comes to like yeah artsy exorcist films so i would not describe the first exorcist as like an artsy film whereas i would describe 2 and 3 as very artsy very I don't really want to say pretentious because that more so applies to the second movie. The third one, you could argue, is pretentious, but like in a way that I like, like it, it like it's Holy Mountain pretentious. Like it, yes, it's very much full of itself and its allegories and symbolism, but I really feel like there's intent behind that. Whereas in the second movie, it's just weird shit for weird shit. Um, is it like men? Is it like men in that way? Um. Yeah, I guess I guess it could I guess I could describe it as kind of menish where it's like, yeah, you're just doing these shocking things for the sake of being shocking. I was a little more impressed by the shocking nature of men more so than this, but I that's just because, you know, in men a guy births himself, whereas here oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just locusts and James Earl Jones roaring at the camera and the music going like it's like I get it, man. Like, it's bad pretentious, the second movie. And worst of all, it's so boring. Like, like I don't mind super, like, allegorical and, like, artsy films. But, like, be interesting then. Like, have my attention held the, the entire time. Like, that's not this movie. Like, Exorcist 2 is so boring because nothing happens in the movie. It is so full of itself and so meandering and miserable um exorcist 2 is the movie that won't movie yeah exactly i but like i just want to also mention like i want to i want to tell the quote that william friedkin said to describe the movie uh it's it's my review on letterbox but i just i just want to say it out loud so if you please um let me let me say it I was at technicolor and a guy said we just finished a print of exorcist 2 do you want to have a look at it and I looked at half an hour of it, and I thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. It was horrible. It's just a stupid mess ba- made by a dumb guy, John Borman by name, somebody who should be nameless, but in this case should be named. Scurrilous. Scur- a horrible picture. <laughs> like, 
William Friedkin was kind of an asshole, but like he was one of the fun assholes where like you loved seeing him be this like piece of shit to people. Like, look, do I think The Exorcist 2 is the worst movie ever made? Not really. Like, I think he's just saying that because it's he finds it insulting to his movie. So I get it. Like The Exorcist is aside from William Peter Blatty, The Exorcist is his baby. Exactly. Yeah. But even William Peter Blatty hated the movie. He's just like, oh, so you made this pretentious artsy sequel to my to my story yeah well i'm gonna do the exact same thing except good and then he did because <laughs> exorcist 3 is a very artsy sequel to the exorcist but good like so yeah like i, I think it's weird how like you have to when you're telling people about like the exorcist movies you have to say oh three is good don't watch two though <laughs> well i mean the good thing is all three movies kind of don't really have anything to do with each other like i guess two more so has has to do with one but like three you can watch separate from one and get something out of it because reagan doesn't come back chris doesn't come back like it's mainly about kinderman uh it's basically about kinderman um, this time played by George yeah. C. Scott, because I think the original actor of Kinderman like died, like I think a couple years after The Exorcist, if I'm not mistaken. Like he 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 died soon sooner after. Yeah, so he died in 1976. Lee J. Cobb, um, the actor who uh-huh. played Kinderman, um, in the first movie. In the in the third one, he's played by George C. Scott, who died in 1999, but was alive in 1990 to play uh, Kinderman. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, I I really liked uh, Exorcist three. I know uh, I I really only watched it because I knew you'd probably want to mention it uh, while we were talking about the first Exorcist. Uh, so we don't have to go into too much detail. But is there anything you want to say about Exorcist three? I think um, I prefer Exorcist three to the original, mm-hmm. like because. I've, it has more of those elements from The Exorcist that I like and kind of doubles down on it. I mentioned this in my letterbox review, but like uh, the whole psychological aspect of the demon kind of taunting the per- of the demon kind of taunting you mm-hmm. like that shit I really like. And the whole thing with the Gemini killer just kind of. Just kind of being a little goofball. I really yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I think this is definitely a little more like even though The Exorcist is like the most famous of these movies, I feel like Exorcist 3, like even though it is artsy, I feel like it's a little more uh I feel like people can get a little more out of it. Like the average person can. Like it's a, it's a little more accessible in that regard um than the first yeah. Exorcist. Because the first Exorcist is very slow intentionally and I'm fine with it being intentionally slow, but I do understand that some people probably don't like intentionally slow movies. Whereas I feel like Exorcist 3 is a little more faster paced or like there's a little, there's a lot more going on for people to like pay attention to. So I can definitely see people watching it and probably getting something more out of it than say the first movie. Um, I still very much prefer the first movie. I like the intentional slowness to it. I liked Exorcist 3 a lot. I would love to own it and talk about it someday on the podcast in way more detail. Um, Mm -hmm. But that would require making an Exorcist episode. And, well, I just don't have the time for that this year, unfortunately. Um, But someday, someday, the Exorcist 3 will have its time to shine on too many movies. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there 
anything else we have to say before we talk about the blu-ray um not really no okay well so i own this movie on a steelbook blu-ray i got it earlier this year after finding out that uh william friedkin passed away um because it's like i feel like the exorcist is a movie i would have wanted to have in my collection anyway and after watching it i definitely wanted in my collection because i loved it so much um so i'm glad i finally have a friedkin film in my collection i'd like to own the french connection at some point i just need to find the proper release of it because i know disney like censored it at some point and so like i need to be careful with what blu-ray i own french connection on but i need to watch the french connection it's it's pretty good from what i remember i think i would prefer the exorcist over french connection um i don't know i just get a lot more out of the exorcist uh it's been a couple of years since i've seen french connection to be fair so i'm yeah. sure i'm sure i'm sure it's due for a rewatch but I'm just glad I've rewatched The Exorcist. I'm glad I owned it on this nice steel book. It is the director's cut. It is only the director's cut, um, which I'm a little annoyed at because, like, I mean, I love the director's cut. It's just that, I don't know, I like having the option to also watch the theatrical cut. Like, I like having options when it comes to watching different versions of different movies. So I, I'm a little annoyed at that. But... I do know I like this version that I watched it on. I like the casing. I think it's a really cool case because, like, again, it's it's like entirely black, but it has like that little red. It's like the shot of him in the spotlight, but it's all red. It, it's it's a really cool looking steel book, and it looked great um, on Blu-ray quality. So I I think I'm keeping this, even though it is just the director's cut. I'm I'm fine with that because I know I love the director's cut. So I'm definitely keeping it in my collection. Um yeah. I what's what what would you say your uh final uh decision on the exorcist? Would you ever add it to your collection? I'd probably buy it in like a bundle mm -hmm. where it's like the other two but then i'd like probably toss the <laughs> second one yeah yeah probably i mean i think the second one's worth watching at least once but honestly if you're not brave enough just watch the nostalgia critic review on it like that's what i might do I, honestly i might just do that after it's a really funny it's a, it's a really funny video it's really really funny um i also yeah. i also recommend the cinema snob review on it i've been watching a lot more cinema snob recently because he also did a video on the exorcist and I, I, oh, yeah. lo I love Brad Jones and like his snobbery. I don't know. Just the way he talks is just so funny to me. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the channel also members talk funny. Yeah. I think uh, Linkara especially. Yeah. <laughs> don't you talk about me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> your, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reagan was possessed by Linkara. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fear. It's me, the light bringer. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, power of christ compels you it's, ah, it's that shot of like it's the shot of like reagan uh kind of kind of stretching in that blinding light with the statue and yeah. it's the light bringer <laughs> <laughs> do not fear it is me the light bringer <laughs> every every time every time like the the demon face like uh cuts in the movie like instead of the demon face it's linkara <laughs> It's the it's like a single it's like one second of Linkara running. Yeah. <laughs> Get back here. I have to tell you why Civil War sucks. 
classic classic linkara all right um i think that just about does it mamison please shout out your stuff where can people find you I'm on YouTube at Mr. Bamison, and I'm also on Letterboxd on Mr. Bamison. So keep an, uh, keep a lookout for the next few days because I'm working on a edit for Talk to Me that I had arranged with the composer. Ooh. And because of school, I've been kind of slow with it, but I'm hoping I can finish it by Tuesday. Oh, I hope the composer doesn't watch this episode because I shit talk the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's really cool, dude. That's really cool. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm excited to see what you do. I'm curious now. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah we can your links will be in the description as usual you've been here before so people know where to find you but for those who probably have no idea well now they know so yeah great yeah so feel free to send me that gif whenever you see me oh please oh please do it's my favorite gif i love that gif so much it's so good (laughs) it's growing on me oh good i'm glad i'm so glad i mean Honestly, like I said, it is the only good thing to come out of Matrix Resurrection. So please, we need to cherish it as much as possible because the rest of that movie is not worth cherishing. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on the the show today to talk about to talk to me about talk to me and The Exorcist. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, no problem, no problem, and thank you, the listener for listening to today's episode if you want to support the show give a like give a comment listen to us on spotify and apple podcasts or on youtube that's fine too doesn't matter also keep an eye out for shorts also keep an eye out for uh streams also because it's the month of october when this episode gets released um people probably already saw i did a yummo cut uh that released on october 1st again we're recording this before it's been released, but by the time this episode comes out, it would have already been released. So check that out if you guys want. Um, next episode is when we kick off the the big Halloween marathon that I have planned this year. Um, well, so Ooh. the 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 horror, yeah, so the horror marathon, I guess. I if I say Halloween marathon, that, that implies that I'm talking about the Halloween movies, but I did that last year, so. This is a different franchise we're doing this year. It's going to be with William. I'm so looking forward to it, as is the special episode I have also planned in later in late October that I still will not reveal. I think it's pretty obvious what it is, but again, I'm not going <laughs> to say a damn thing because, oh, brother, I'm so excited to talk about what we talk about on that episode. So anyway, uh, I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, so all that out of the way. Thanks for listening, and always remember... Your mother knits socks in hell, cocksucker. (laughs) Your mother knits socks in hell. (laughs) Do not be afraid, my love. It's me, the Lightbringer, here to say that your mother sucks cocks in hell. Okay, bye, everybody. Thank you.